You are listening to a Hillbilly Horror Stories classic episode. to episode 63, as I'm told, because I thought it was 64, but apparently it's 63, Pibbly Horror Stories. We have an awesome show for you tonight. We got a, a cornucopia. Can I, can I use cornucopia? Because it's not really Thanksgiving time yet. I was going to so. say, it's almost. It's close enough. Yeah, we have a cornucopia of things to talk about tonight, so it's going to be really cool. My name is Jerry, and I'm, of course, joined by my um, nasally co-host, Tracy. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Now I'm going to be. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I should have said nasally, high-pitched, voiced co-host, Tracy. Dang. I thought you weren't even going to say anything. I didn't. You did? Well, you left out the one word. Big Harry Dale. <laughs> I apologize for my nasaliness. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but that's okay. Those of you who follow on Twitter know that's an inside joke to a uh, review <laughs> that we got. Uh, you know, I swear, I don't think I sound that way. Why didn't you never tell me? Because you can't help the way you sound. Well, I thought it—I thought maybe it was just a little, like a small instance when I was having sinus issues a couple weeks ago. But I guess it's throughout well, my whole life. If you consider a small instance the course of about 55 shows, <laughs> that would be a small O-M-G. instance. OMG. <laughs> mm. Anyways, we want to jump in here with uh, thanks to all of our military and civil servants. Love you all very much. God bless each and every one of you. And, of course, special prayers go out to our um, the United States military, uh, the four gentlemen and their families that were, uh, well, not their families, but the four gentlemen that were killed in Niger a couple of days ago. And, uh, obviously, prayers to their families for Absolutely. what they're dealing with right now. 
prayers for you guys so much. Jump in here real quick to some iTunes reviews because we had a ton of them. Yahoo! Veronica Quilty in Topeka, Kansas. Thank you. Thank you. Farmer Farmer, KCK86, L. Michelle, Katie McClurg. I hope I hope that's McClurg and not McClurge. Wow, what's that mean? Well, I don't want to mispronounce her name. Oh. Because she lives right here in Kentucky. So. McClurg. I'm sure I it's think McClurg. it's McClurg. K- and I said Katie, and it's Kathy. Oh, my God. So you I, need to rewrite I that. That's the first name. Jeez. It's Kathy McClurg. So sorry about that, but look at all the extra time you got apart from all the other iTunes reviews. <laughs> and then we got Lextastic, which is our infamous only less than five-star review of the week with the... Oh, that's from that person? Yeah, yeah that's from that person. That's okay. I still love you. <laughs> Jason Simpson, uh, Jay Jocelyn, Chiefers, Ashley from Minnesota, Christy Justice, Jeffrey and Steve, X-Ray Vision 54, Miss JJ, Kimbo Slice 1992. I know that's not the original Kimbo Slice since he's dead. So Who's that? Who's Kimbo Slice? He was a uh, MMA fighter. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I'm and sorry. Rest in peace, Kimbo Slice. Cast, this is one of my favorite names. Castle Storming Elizabeth. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Then we got Abe from North Carolina and uh, History Liker. So, hey, I love those names. That's eight, awesome. 18 reviews last week. That's Thank good. you guys so much. Woo. Patreon, let's touch on that for a second. Um, Lynn Shirley, she uh, started following this week with a $10 donation. Oh, thank you thank so you much, doll. Lynn. Thank you. And then we've got uh, Julia and Kara Noting. So we've got uh, three, three new um, Patreon supporters this week. Welcome aboard, guys. Yep. And the beauty of this is we've decided on some things. Well, I've decided, I haven't told Tracy, but for the most part, we we decide that on Patreon, starting going forward, we're going to add a little more to all you guys. No matter what level you came on on, we're going to, uh, I said on on twice. Now you did. To what level you came on aboard Patreon, we are going to do at least probably just me, some little short stories throughout the month to throw in there. So you'll oh, probably awesome. get another two to three, four stories a month. They'll be short, might be three to five minutes long, but... It's yeah. just all extra for you guys because we appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. Does that mean I'm not doing it, too? You just said me. Well, it's because sometimes you're not around to be able to do it. Oh, well, that makes sense. And they're going to be short, so. Mm-hmm. I already did one. You probably don't even know about I it. Don't, I don't know what See. you do with your life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so we got, uh, let's talk about tonight's show. Because the main subject of tonight's show is the Jersey Devil. And the Joyzy Devil. Please. Is that good? The no. Joyzy. That was, was good. It was not good. Damn it. <laughs> Go ahead. So we're going to do the Jersey Devil, as if that wasn't scary enough. Uh, <laughs> then we've got a listener story that um, he wanted me to read on the air. So we're going to do that. We're going to do Paul's story later. And then we have a special treat because we had a listener that was very nervous on telling a story that that took place over the course of several years. He reached out to us and said, hey, I'd like to be able to do this, but I've hardly told anybody this story. And it all took place from the time he was like 16 years old over the course till he was like 30 years old. Oh, wow. So he's going to be on the show and actually tell his story, and we'll do that at the end. Yay. But I think you guys are really going to like the story. And then, like I said, he was super nervous telling it. He kept apologizing. And I kept telling him, hey, every, everybody's nervous when they're telling something deep down personal like of that. Course. So you can't help but to to be nervous. So with that being said, a uh, bunch of cool stuff at the very beginning of the show. 
you heard um, the promo for a show called The Relic. It's a pretty cool show. We're actually going to be on that show. Maxwell interviewed us for, um, he's doing like a Halloween special that'll be out probably a couple days before Halloween. And it's about uh, haunted objects. And he wanted us to come on and talk about uh, the relic that, or not the relic. What did we do? The Dybbuk box. The show's the relic. I'm an idiot. But <laughs> now I'm going to get a bad review. Yeah. No, not me because I don't have a nasally voice. Um, but the. I have a bald head. So. <laughs> the. Uh, show that we did it actually we talked about that but then we talked about uh a couple of other objects that he had so we kind of round tabled it it was pretty cool but we're really at a square table (laughs) (laughs) stop it Uh, so are we ready to jump into this yeah let's go let's talk about that old dumb devil (laughs) from joysy okay the jersey devil this this really is one of the stories um, I don't know why I do this, but this was one of the stories that people have been asking to do like forever, and I just didn't want to do it. Why? Well, because everybody's done it. Everybody's well, done so it. So everybody's going to do I know, all the stories. I know. We've done. I know a lot of people, and that's really why there's no logic in it. But everybody's done it, and uh, so I just and I just didn't have that big of a fascination with it. But then once I started getting into it, the mm-hmm. fascination comes. Of so. course. So let's talk about the Jersey Devil. It is without a doubt. New Jersey's oldest and most enduring important pieces of folklore. There's no no ifs, ands, or buts about it. People have been talking about uh, the Jersey Devil for about 300 years. 300 years? Yeah. Well, I mean, not nonstop because nobody's <laughs> that old. It's different people from Oh, I mean, one. I passing. forget that. Okay, I well, that's I, a long time. I just wanted to make sure you, you knew because they, they didn't have cell phones when this first I started. I swear upon my soul. <laughs> a punch in your head with that dang cell phone. The story of the beast um, is that it stalks the Pine Barrens, which is right there. It covers, the Pine Barrens is like huge. I mean, it covers like 22% of the state of New Jersey. Oh, wow. Yeah, it covers a lot of New Jersey. Uh, He's terrorized multitudes of people in that entire area. Now, let's talk about the Pine Barrens real quick, uh, because the Pine Barrens, it's an area of where nothing really grows mm-hmm. because of the, the land is really sandy. Oh. So the only thing that really grows are these big pine trees. Mm-hmm. And that's how it gets its name, the Pine Barrens. Makes sense. Uh, so it's a, it's a big, you know, part of it's a national park. I and bet then, it's beautiful. But, oh, it is. It, it is uh, from pictures because I've never been there. Yeah, but, but I, bet it, I bet it is great. So here's what we got. The legend has it that in 1735, a Pines resident known as Mother Leeds... Mother Leeds? Yeah, Mother okay. Leeds. She found herself pregnant for the 13th time. Well, find another hobby, Mother. <laughs> yeah, apparently birth control wasn't a strong point apparently back not. in the you go, 1700s. And Leeds, by the way, was the early, earliest settlement in New Jersey. So that's, that would be a pretty common name, and it's still a common name today. Um, so she, she finds herself pregnant. Mother Leeds was poor. Her husband was pretty much a drunk, and he did very little to provide for his family. And well, he knew where to stick that wing, or didn't he? Yeah, he sure did. Good grief! But in fairness, he could have accidentally tripped and fell and stuck his dick in her. So <laughs> shut up. Let's not just <laughs> let's not just completely blame him. Oh my gosh! So I took a terrible turn. <laughs> I know it. She was frustrated with the thought of, of being pregnant again and knowing what her future would hold. So she threw her hands to the to the heavens and said, "Let this one be the devil." 
Oh my gosh, why would she say such a thing? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess that's just what you do. When oh my Lord, that's terrible. Now, she went into labor uh, a few months later because she was apparently pregnant six, seven months at the time she did this. Uh, but she went, she goes into labor. It's a very stormy night. At this point, she had totally forgotten, obviously, about her little gesture. Mm-hmm. And all of her kids and uh, husband were in the other room. And she was in the room with the, the midwives actually getting ready to give birth. Give birth, yeah. Now, by all accounts, the baby was actually born a normal, healthy baby boy. But within moments, Mother Leeds um, kind of wishes kind of came to fruition. The baby started to change. Uh, it, it went almost metamorphosized right before everybody's eyes. Oh, that everybody. Were in that room. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, everybody's seen this. So within minutes, it transformed into from a beautiful baby boy into a hideous creature, uh, unlike anything the world had ever seen. Let's see, quote. how unfair is that to that baby? Well, that's true. But I have it seen wasn't some, his fault. I have seen some ugly babies, though. Well, they grow up to be beautiful people. I don't think any of them were as ugly as what this baby was, though. Because according to this, the baby started growing at an incredible rate. It sprouted horns from the top of its head and talon-type claws that ripped through to the tips of its fingers. It had leather bat-like wings that unfolded from its back. It had hair and feathers started sprouting all over its body. The eye began to glow red, or I guess eyes, probably mm-hmm. two eyes. The eyes began to glow red at the, uh, and started kind of getting larger in the creature's snarled up face. So it started getting bigger, even though the face wasn't getting any bigger. Dang on. The creature then brutally attacked and killed its mother. Well, that's what she gets. (laughs) Then it turned its attention to the rest of the uh, horrified onlookers in the room. It flew at them. It started clawing and biting, uh, unleashing these unearthly type shrieks that basically went on the entire time that he was creating this havoc. He tore the midwives limb from limb, maiming some, killing the others. And then the beast charged and bursted through the door into the uh, next room where the family was, the husband and the children that were kind of huddled in fear. And he attacked and killed as many of those as he possibly could. Oh, that's so terrible. Well, those who survived to tell the tale then watched in horror as the beast sprinted to the chimney and flew up the chimney. And it destroyed the chimney completely, leaving it in, in... a pile of rubble. So he's got to be a show-off, in other words. Apparently. So he's just going to kill everybody, maim everybody, and just do a big stunt for the finale. <laughs> yeah. So he made his way to the Pine Barrens, and some will say that he's been there ever since. Really? He's never, like, so he's never showed his ugly face again? No, he showed his face a whole bunch of times. That's what we're going to talk about. Otherwise, oh. we would have a really short show. Well, that was true. That was just the background of what the story is. I got you. Now, most call him the Jersey Devil, but some call him the Leeds Devil because of Mother Leeds. Yeah, well, be careful what you wish for, just and, saying. And that's the most common story, by the way, of what happened. There's several different stories and takes on this, and we'll cover a few other later. But okay. that's the most common story. So in the 18th and 19th centuries, the Jersey Devil was spotted, uh, I guess, sporadically throughout the Pine Barrens area. He frightened local residents who, uh, at the time, were brave, weren't brave enough to spend some time in the in the vast wilderness. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, and like I said, the Pine Barrens, like I said, it's mostly a sandy type. It's horrible farming, so it's 
there's really no kind of construction or anything that goes on yeah, in there. Yeah, so really no reason so to it, be in there. Yeah, so it, I mean, if you're in there, it really is a lot of space. Mm-hmm. That's nothing but trees, so you can see how that would be spooky. So, basically, though, he just stayed in there. He didn't, like, come out in the town, or did he? We'll get to that. Dang it. <laughs> okay. It's said that you can hear unearthly whales just coming straight from the, the dark forest. And and there's some bogs and stuff there too, swampy kind of bogs. So you got trees, sandy, and swampy bogs. So it's not the the, the most you know mm-hmm. perfect. It's a perfect place for something like a a hidden creature to be hiding. To be honest with you, now the slaughter of some domesticated animals would be attributed to the Jersey Devil, also known as the Phantom of the Pines. How about that for a cool name? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Now over the over the years, the legend actually has grown. It occasionally would even step outside of the boundary of the pines to terrorize some neighboring um, towns and cities. Mm, so that least, answers that question. Yeah, that would scare the crap out of you. The most famous incident occurred during um, the week of January 16th through the 23rd in 1909. Now we're going to gloss over this, but then we'll get into some specifics here at the end. Okay. But early in that week, reports started coming in from all over Delaware Valley that strange tracks were being found in the snow. The mysterious footprints went over and under fences. How did that happen? I don't know. Through fields and backyards and across rooftops of houses. I wonder what the feet look like. We're going to get into that. Dang it again. You know, you you would think that you would know that eventually this stuff's coming. Well, I just do that because sometimes I might have missed something. I just want to make sure. (laughs) (laughs) They were even uh, seen in... Large cities like Camden and Philadelphia. So, you know, in Philadelphia is, uh, I know when we talked to Dina, remember, she yeah. brought up the Jersey Devil and said that the Pine Barrens is actually really close to Philadelphia. Panic immediately began to spread. People started forming posses in several of the small towns and stuff. The fear really heightened, though, when reports of the bloodhounds refusing to follow the creature's trail in a little town called Hamilton. Schools were closing, and the ones that didn't, they suffered from very low attendance uh, in New Jersey and Philadelphia were the main places. But then you also got workers because there's a lot of uh, mills here. Obviously, when you got a lot of pine trees and stuff, you're going to have sawmills and, yeah. and and mills like that. Well, a lot of the mills in the Pine Barrens were forced to close because workers would refuse to, to leave their homes and cross through the Pine Barrens to get to work. Yeah, I don't blame them. So, I wouldn't either. Yeah, so you can imagine how that could be a problem. Now, people started spotting the Jersey Devil in Camden and Bristol, Camden, New Jersey, and Bristol, Pennsylvania. So it's mm-hmm. two different cities. Both of those cities, the police say they shot at it. But they couldn't bring it down, so they either missed it or, or nothing happened. Then in Camden, it apparently attacked a, a, a social club that was having some kind of a, a, an event or, or a meeting or something. But it, it came in and attacked them and flew away. Now, nobody was hurt. It was just that it kind of scared them, freaked them out. So he likes big crowds. Yeah, apparently so. Now, early in that day, uh, he terrorized a trolley car full of passing people. He kind of went by it, flew by it a few times, enough to freak him out. Mm-hmm. And then he flew off from there. Now, the witnesses that did see him then said it looked like a large kangaroo. Hmm. Kangaroo. Yeah. And you'll hear a lot of when we get into the descriptions and stuff mm-hmm. that's got like a horse face. and. Oh, dang. Yeah, so a lot of people saw a lot of different right. things. But mostly, it's very similar. If you ever look up pictures of it, mm-hmm. you'll see it's, it's quite a unique animal. It's a bunch of animals mixed together. Now, there was another trolley full of people who saw it in Burlington. They said that when it crossed in front of the uh, uh, car, it kind of licked the tracks. It licked licked, the tracks? It licked the the trolley car tracks. What's the point of that? I have no idea. 
Maybe he just needed a little iron in his body or something. (laughs) Maybe he was anemic. Yeah. But anyway, so he licked the tracks, and that kind of freaked them out. In Collingswood, it apparently appeared on the house of, of somebody, and it was described as an ostrich looking creature now some firemen apparently seen the same thing they sprayed it with a hose but it attacked them and then flew away <laughs> so these i mean but you got policemen and firemen and stuff like these are respectable people right. that are seeing this thing now the whole week people reported that their livestock especially chickens were being slaughtered the main places this happened was in the towns of bridgeton and millville now later that week it reappeared in camden where a woman claims that it was trying to eat her dog that's, that's rude. That's kind of funny in its own right. She said that she hit it with a broomstick and it flew away. That week in January 1909 was the most active the devil had been since it had been ever had started recording sightings yeah. of it. What did that lady think she was going to do with a broomstick? <laughs> I don't know. She better be shoving it up its butt or something. Because <laughs> that ain't going to work. That definitely took a turn for the worst. Sorry. So now that definitely doesn't mean that the sightings have stopped. Several sightings of years are still reported even today, and many people believe that the Jersey Devil is a real dangerous creature. Then you got other people that believe that's just a, a myth. But there are, there's a constant stream of, of you know reports of, of devil encounters every single year. Well, yeah, I was going to say there sure is an awful lot of people seeing all this. Right. That's just like, you know, 10 or 20 here and there. Well, most people, they report seeing strange, unidentifiable prints in the sandy soil of the Pine Barrens. Some say that um, it looks like the footprint of a, of a large bird. Others say that it looks more like hoof prints. Hmm. Well, I could probably see that. Well, either way, it, it appears that it walks on two legs. That's oh. the That's one of the things that people learn there. A substantial amount of reports claim that the prints look like cloven hooves, which is a pretty well-known description of Satan. Well, this all sounds scary to me, and I would just assume not meet him. <laughs> well, there's still a handful of people who claim to see the Jersey Devil himself every year. Because some people just see the, the prints, is what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Some people claim they see him. Uh, most of New Jersey embraces the New Jersey Devil in folklore. Others see it as a safety concern. And, you know, it's even cool to the point to where the, uh, uh, for those of you who are hockey fans, the New Jersey Devils is the hockey team of New Jersey, and they named it after the Jersey Devils, so that's pretty cool. They did? Yep. Wow. Now, for some people who were not believers, all it really took was uh, an encounter in the moonlight of the forest by Mm. themselves or with a couple of people to kind of change their whole mindset on that. They say that, a ghostly mist kind of drifts across the swamps, and you can hear an unearthly cry of some kind of a creature uh, kind of reverberating through the whole dark forest. Well, they're brave, that's all I can say. Why anybody would be in the forest in the dark is beyond me. Well, that's when you go camping, a lot of times it's in the dark. That's okay, but not in that place, I wouldn't, if, especially if you know there's a creature out there. But if you don't believe that there's a creature out there. Oh, no. You know, so. I still wouldn't take my chances. Let's talk about some famous sightings. We're going to start with this, and we're going to get a lot of the descriptions we're going to get are going to come from these sightings. So that's why I haven't really given a complete description other than what was given at the birth and okay. a couple. But in 1735, the former king of Spain, Joseph Bonaparte, does that name sound familiar? Yeah. That's Napoleon Bonaparte's brother. He was, he kind of 
forced out of his country in Spain. Uh-huh. Right. He was forced out, and then he was, and he was uh, exiled over to America. So he had to give up his throne and everything. But while he was here, he claimed that he was out hunting one day in the pines. And one day he saw some tracks that looked like donkey tracks. Now, that was if a donkey walked on two feet, mind you. Well, duh. I yeah. didn't think of that. Yeah. So, well, I mean, he said it looked like donkey. That's what he said. It looked like donkey tracks if a donkey walked on two feet. He said the tracks just stopped. He followed them and they just stopped. Like, whatever it was took flight. Mm-hmm. So he hears this hissing sound behind him. And he turns around and he was actually face-to-face What he said... A large winged creature with a horse-like head and bird-like legs. He said he was so paralyzed that he forgot that he even had a rifle. Oh, yeah, to and protect he, himself. And he watched it fly off. Oh, dang. So he didn't even try to shoot at it or anything. Oh. Commodore Stephen Decatur, who was actually a captain in, captain in the Revolutionary Navy. Mm-hmm. So this guy's very well respected. He was actually in the area and was doing a weapons tests and stuff like that because they had the cannons cannonballs and all that stuff and this guy was an expert marksman with a cannon no oh, dang so so he was checking stuff he saw the devil flying overhead and he ordered um one of the one of the guys to, to shoot at it shoot a cannon at it uh-huh. he swears up and down that, that he hit it but it's like it went straight through it oh it didn't didn't affect it whatsoever <laughs> And like That's I said, some crap. and this guy, like I said, he was a, a an award, you know, yeah. an awarded uh, medal, whatever you call him, decorated, shooter. decorated. He was a decorated <laughs> military guy. In 1740, a wandering missionary. This is we're going to go back a little bit because this is part of the stories are going. But in 1740, a wandering missionary that preached from town to town, he supposedly exercised him for a hundred years. So from 1740 to 1840, he was not supposed to be seen. And you got to keep in mind where some of these stories were coming from. Uh, like with Bonaparte was 1735. So it's not, mm-hmm. it's not like this actually, um, you know, this was right after all these sightings yeah. took place. So he says, hey, we banish you to be gone for 100 years. And after that was done, he was still seen a couple of times. So I don't know how good it really did. But the the cannonball incident and Napoleon happened right before this. Hmm. Well, then, go ahead. Did you have something? No, I was just going to say, wonder why he thought he banished, I banish you. What makes you think he's going to listen? I have no idea. But he wasn't seen that many times afterwards. So that puts it to 1840 when he could come back. Then he started having some sightings. And then we're going to get in. I told you we were going to talk more about that week of of January in 1909. Mm -hmm. So let's get into some specifics. Saturday, January 16th, was the first day of the sighting of that week of terror, as they called it. There was one in Woodbury, New Jersey, and one in Bristol, Pennsylvania. So he keeps popping up in the same cities. The Woodbury sightings was um, by a gentleman by the name of Thack Causers, C-O-Z-Z-E-R-S. He saw it cross on the road by, by the Woodbury Hotel, and he said it was faster than a car, but not as fast as a trolley. So I don't know how fast the cars and trolleys. An in betweener. Yeah, it was an in betweener. He said that it had two spots of phosphorescence for eyes. Oh wow! So I'm that's cool. I'm assuming that's like reflective. Yeah. You know. Now in Bristol, a patrolman by the name of Jack Sackville, who would later become chief of police of the Bristol Police Department, he described the creature as a winged beast 
but it hopped like a bird with features of a peculiar animal. I don't know what that means. A peculiar It has features of a peculiar animal. Its voice was like a terrible scream. It was high-pitched and nasally. Oh, stop. I made that up. You did. Did you just make that up? I just made that up. He did say it had a terrible scream. It fled after he fired his gun at it. Immediately after that, E.W. Minster, who was the, the postmaster of Bristol, said that he saw it flying over the Delaware River at around 2 a.m. in the morning. That's a weird time. Well, I mean. No, maybe it's not a weird Maybe time. it's nocturnal. During the same week on Tuesday, Mr. and Miss Nelson Evans actually woke up to an ungodly sound in their backyard. Call, call. This is not... <laughs> This is not the About Time podcast. <laughs> if any of y'all listen to that, you'll get that. If you listen to the About Time podcast after we had Sean on, you'll get that. Anyway, so they had this horrible sound in the backyard. They stared out their bedroom window and saw this creature perched on top of their shed. They said it was about three and a half feet high with a head like a collie dog and the face of a horse. That's that's got to be a face only a mother could love. Jesus, why don't all these different descriptions of this thing? It had a long neck and wings, two feet long back legs, like a crane. It had horse hoofs, and it walked on its hind legs. It held up its two short legs, and it had paws on them. Oh, stop! Now that crap just made that's made up. <laughs> he said it didn't use its little short legs at all. At least during the time they were watching it. I couldn't row a boat either. <laughs> they. <laughs> they opened they opened the window and and I and I quote they yelled shoo it barked at them and flew away it barked at them that's what they said are they alcoholics <laughs> I was kidding now I promised we were going to get into a couple of the alternate stories of how this came to be but we're not going to spend a lot of time on them because quite frankly I'm just not that interested in them let's well, like the main story so that's the one I was focus on. So one of the alternate stories of how the creature came to be is that Mrs. Leeds, or some people call her Mrs. Leeds, some people call her Mother's Leeds. So, but for this sake, Mrs. Leeds refused food to a wandering gypsy. The gypsy then cursed her and her unborn child. That's one of the stories of how he how came I to be. How became a devil. Right. There's all kinds of different stories, too. Like this story, the original we told, said she had 12 kids and this was the 13th. But there are stories that say it was the 8th. There's some that says it was the 4th. There's some that say it was the 6th. That's so still too many kids. It's, it's all over the place. Yeah, put the dick away. That's all I'm saying. You don't need it. <laughs> Another version <laughs> is that a different woman, not Mrs. Leeds at all, she was impregnated by a British soldier and gave birth to the devil himself. Now, most people believe that that story was just revolutionary war propaganda because back then everybody hated the british that mm-hmm. were over in the in the states so they considered the british to be the devil so oh. just being impregnated by a british soldier was all it took so but that was just more of a bullshit type story that people would tell like the british are coming get it also in the pines <laughs> that bad <laughs> also in the pines supposedly is haunted by a spirit of a pirate from the infamous Captain Kidd crew, that they killed him on purpose so he could his spirit could overwatch some treasure that was buried there. Oh, wow. So, How do people come up with these crazy stories? I have no idea. But they're good and interesting. That story was probably pirated. Oh. 
That's one of those dad jokes people can... You know what? I never got accused of telling dad's jokes till we started this. Yeah. But these jokes are so lame. Because yeah, that's the lame. only ones I can put up. Mine was kind of lame, but I'm used to lame, so it's okay. So anyway, that is the story of the Jersey Devil. That was really cool. That's scary to think that that creature can just come down and tear you apart with everything. And ooh. That is horrible. It's terrible. I mean, if you just envision it in your head, that's just awful. I think it's the whole part of this audio is so you can't envision it in your head. I know. Well, I had a dream last <laughs> night that um, we had giant-sized lobsters in our house. Not every house had them, but so everybody was trying to hide from them or, you know, just keep looking around and make sure they didn't see them because if they grabbed you, the lobster drug you to hell. Now, what kind of a stupid dream is that? No comment. Let's get a dumb call. dream, right? It yeah. was so realistic, too. I will never eat lobster again. Yeah, I believe that when I say it. The end. I wish you wouldn't at the prices that it costs us every time we go to Red Lobster. I know, it's so good. Yeah, if it. you like seafood. I do love seafood. But I don't. I know you don't. So I get to go spend a fortune on a meal I don't really care to have. But you do it because you love me. I know. That's the truth. And I appreciate you. Okay. All right. Let's tell, let's tell Paul's story. Hey, quick. yeah, let's do. This is actually a pretty cool story. It's not very long, but it has some really cool um, features to it. So I thought it would be cool. Now, Paul wanted to remain anonymous. so His name really isn't Paul. No, it's Paul, but that's it. That's all we're telling. <laughs> no. So, And I know Paul's not a really common name, so you'll probably be able to figure out who and where this is. <laughs> Anyway, this takes place about 10 years ago in an unknown city. See what I did there. So Paul and his wife were invited to a housewoman party to some friends of of Paul's. Mm -hmm. So Paul's friend and his wife actually bought a house on the south side of the before said unknown town. Now, during the couple's move to their new home, they kind of broke all their dishes that they had. So they. Well, it's just accident. Oh, you mean just, on accident. Yeah. So during this time, they, they, they broke their dishes. So Paul and his wife got them dishes and an ice cream cake for a gift. It's oh, a fitting gift. That's very nice. So when Paul and his wife arrive, they go in, they put the dishes and the ice cream cake on the counter. And there's my first discrepancy in the story. Should an ice cream cake go in the freezer? No. I mean, I thought, isn't it going to melt? Well, it depends. Maybe they were going to have the ice cream cake in just a little bit. And you don't want to put it in the freezer because then you have to wait for it to thaw out a little bit. But that's not going to be the case because I'm going to tell you they're not oh, going well, to have Oh, well, you got to let me know the rest of the story then. Okay. So, Paul and his wife, they, they're they hooked up with this other... That sounded bad. They're not hooked up with the other couple. They're sitting with the other couple in the living room. And they decided they're going to watch a movie. Mm-hmm. It's one of those uh, post-apocalyptic type movies. So it was really dark and really bleak. Yeah. Okay. About 10 minutes into the movie, they hear a loud crash coming from the kitchen. Oh, gosh. Now, this is why I said the cake, I'd keep dwelling on this cake. This is why I say the cake should have probably been in the freezer because they were watching a movie. Oh, well, no, I get it. So they I had, didn't know they, that, though. You know, so they, if they're watching a movie that lasts probably an hour and a half, I can't help but think that cake's going to be mushed by that time. But that's neither here nor there. It has nothing to do with the story. I just hate to see a good ice cream cake go to waste. You know how I feel about ice cream cake. I know. So about 10 minutes into this movie, they hear this loud crash coming from the kitchen. All of them rush in to see what happened. Now, they didn't bother to turn the lights on. They just used the light that was coming from outside. Mm -hmm. And when they opened the door, the light that came in from the living room. 
when they open the door and and what light they had illuminates the kitchen, they can see that the cake and the, and the uh, dishes were all still sitting on the counter. So they just assumed that this noise had to have come from outside, and they just let it go. They I go back. It was. I don't know. So they go back in. They're still going to finish watching the movie. About twenty minutes later, they hear an even louder crash. This time, they know it definitely came from the kitchen. Did they turn a light on this time? I don't have that knowledge, but I'm going to assume they did. Man, I would have. So they go in, the dishes still on the counter, the cakes on the counter. They look around. They don't notice anything that could have made that noise or been broken. Mm, So nothing was out of place. Right. However, upon further inspection... The ice cream cake that was still on the counter, still sitting out and possibly melting, had smeared into the icing. I am in hell. Shut up. And the hell was spelled H-E-L. <gasps> no way. Yeah, I can't stand an illiterate ghost. Are you serious? Is that what yes. it said on that cake? Paul and his wife made an excuse and got the hell out of there. Oh, my God. That's creepy. Now, over the next few weeks, his friends actually continued to hear those loud crashes and experience several cold spots in the house. Never could find out what was going on with it. I cannot believe that that's what that cake said. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I would have been like, what the heck? I would have had to. I don't even know what I would have done. It'd be funny if they had that done at the bakery or whatever, wherever they had to keep their coin or whatever. If they actually had it done to take to them and they didn't notice it, that would be funny. No, my gosh. That would scare the crap So anyway, this family, they actually sold the house shortly after all this. Oh, I'm sure. Now, about five years later, his friend was actually doing some research online, and he found out that a vicious gangster actually owned that house in the 50s. So that may be the answer. Oh, wow. As to what was going on. wonder why it took him five years later to investigate. I wonder why Ninja's sniffing my sleep pants and carrying them off. Oh, I don't know. That is a good story. Yeah, I thought that was a really cool story. Yeah. And and Paul in Unknown Town, thank you for oh sharing that with us. Oh my gosh, thank you. I hope you have like a bunch more. Do you have a bunch more, I wonder? I think he would have probably gave it to us if he had a bunch more. Oh. But while we're on the subject, we are, uh, this coming week, we need to start recording some listener story episodes for our Patreon account. So if you have a story and would like to tell it on the air yourself, Please um, send us a message on Facebook or Twitter so we can get that set up because I need about five stories. I've got a couple of them already, but I'd like to get about five stories Mm -hmm. to put on the uh, November 1st episode. We can't wait to hear those stories either. We love them. Yeah, we love interacting with you guys. That's one of the few times we get to actually talk to you guys and go back and forth. And you guys that aren't Patreon supporters, you don't get those shows. But if you you ever do get those shows, you'll see that we have a lot of fun. It's a little more laid back. Than, than what this show is, if you can even imagine that. But it's a little more laid back, and we actually the we kind of converse back and forth with the listeners, and and they tell us their story, and we we just have fun with it. It's a it's a very fun show, and uh, we get a lot of people tell us that they love when we do that. So it's it's similar to some of the other stories you've heard out there, or the shows out there that where they take call-ins and yeah. stuff like that. It's it's pretty close to that. So. I love hearing your all stories. It's just oh my gosh, it's just. 
we look forward to it all the time. So come on, you guys, call us or or send us an email or something and get those stories in here. Yeah, and if you got a situation where like this, where if you don't want to tell your story but you'd like us to read your story, if it's long enough and got enough details, we'll read it on the air too. So send those to us in the email if you want to. Heck yeah, bring it on. With that being said, real quick, I want to remind people that we have a new store up where you can get everything from Hillbilly Horror Story shower curtains to baby clothes to several different types of women's shirts including v-necks which we've had a lot of requests for and a bunch of different men article clothing including sleep pants like ninja was sniffing a while ago (laughs) i'm sure that's why ninja was sniffing them (laughs) that's exactly what it was so check that out you can join patreon you can check out our new store or just make a donation to the show if you're so inclined on our website hillbillyhorrorstories.com so yeah, check we out. really appreciate you guys, and I just love you all so much. And I don't know, what else? Well, we're going to end the show with Josh's story that I told you about in the beginning. So Josh called us up, and he told us his story. And, uh, man, he's he's one of you guys, for real. He's a listener that loves the show. He's had some experiences. And, you know, he had some very nice things to say, not off the air, but... Uh, he had talked to us about, you know, he's went through some difficult times in life like most of us have. And uh, he told us that the show has actually helped him a lot in the past six, eight months. And Aww. we want to say a big thank you to Josh for that. Oh, thanks to you, Josh. And uh, his whole family is listening to the story. They, uh, he, he got their blessing to be able to tell it. Oh, good. And like I said, he was extremely nervous. And uh, That's I, my son's name. That's a good name, yeah. Josh. I think you guys are going to like this. And this is kind of an example of what we do on Patreon. When you hear the, these are the kind of stories that we get on there. So let's give Josh a listen real quick. All right. This is one that I think you guys are really going to be interested in. I've only heard bits and pieces myself, but trust me when I tell you what I heard was enough to uh, invite this gentleman on the show to be able to tell his story. Because if the whole story is anything as intriguing as what the bits and pieces I got are, I think everyone is just going to be fascinated by this. So I want to welcome to the show Josh from uh, uh, Campbellsville, Kentucky. Josh, how are you doing tonight? Doing all right. How are you, Jerry? Oh, I can't complain. So I understand that your story takes a lot of uh, twists and turns, and it goes on for, for years and it started yes. Yes. more or less, am I right, in a cemetery? Yes, sir. Well, Josh, why don't you tell us how this uh, little story that started out so long ago, how it actually started, and just take us along this journey. Okay, well, it started whenever me and some of my friends from school, from high school, decided to go on a ghost hunt. There's several places in Camelsville that you can go to, but we decided to go to a graveyard at Tebbs Bend, which is a Confederate soldier graveyard. I was kind of an idiot, and I posed in front of a grave with a flag in my mouth at 16 years old, being stupid, disrespectful, and had pictures taken. And as that was going on, um, my future wife was... uh, was setting off on the side, and she started bawling her eyes out whenever she saw a shadow of a person standing by the benches over on the side. Um, that night, whenever I got home, I went and I laid down in my bed, and I was fast asleep. My little brother lived across the across the hallway, and in the middle of the night, 
I heard my my doorknob start to turn. I thought it was him because he coming in there like every now and then because he was scared. But whenever I raised up to look, it was nobody standing there. And my pillow flew out from underneath my head and my covers flew across the room. So I'm scared to death. I run downstairs in my underwear. <sighs> I make it to the bottom of the steps. My dad comes out. His bedroom was to the right as soon as you hit the bottom of the steps. He came out with his eyes wide open. He was solid white. He was he was scared to death. Uh, he come out and asked what was going on, and I told him. And he said, that's really weird because at the same time that I guess that was happening, at the foot of my bed, there was a mist that was like a blue, he said he said like a bluish purple mist at the, or like at the bottom of his bed and the shadow of a cross on, on the wall. And I'm, I'm like freaking out, like, you know, because of what happened to me, what happened to him. It's like putting two and two together. It's, it's scary. It's, it's crazy. But um, from then on, we heard footsteps all the time. We heard knocks. We heard doors slamming. We heard all kinds of different things. Um, there was one day that my dad was folding laundry downstairs, and there was an old an old shower shower curtain or shower rod that was downstairs because we had a shower that was down there. It's, it's, it's an old house. It was built in 1947. And he was folding laundry and the curtain started spinning around circles. Or the, the, the hangers were spinning around circles, I'm sorry. After that, things kept on, you know, the, the whole footsteps and like knocks and bangs and whatever. I had an old radio upstairs in my room. It wouldn't work. It didn't have batteries if you didn't plug it in. And one night I was asleep in bed and it come on, it wasn't plugged in. And I crawled down to the bottom of my bed and I listened to it for like 30 or 45 minutes. And it was not a language I've ever heard in my entire life. It was it was like crazy. It was, I don't know what it was. Scared, scared me enough that I went downstairs and slept on the couch. Following that, I found out my senior year of high school that I was gonna be a daddy. Uh, I played baseball. I decided to pretty much just leave the sports life behind and and go, you know, like, provide for my family. I went to, uh, we owned a printing shop in Camelsville. I'd worked there since I was, like, six years old, and, you know, like, putting books together and all kinds of other stuff, but uh, I was just wanting to provide. It was uh, it was a hard move for my life, but I got married one week after I graduated high school, and we were setting out one night after we got married, which we got married, you know, a couple months later, or, uh, June the 5th it was, it was the exact date um, a couple months later we were laying in bed and we were just listening to people talk upstairs it was like I mean plain as day it was crazy and this farmhouse was like 100 years old um, there was a door that went to the laundry room from the outside and we used to listen and there would be the door would open and then shut and then footsteps and then footsteps out and door slam and it scared the absolute crap out of us I bet. So, <laughs> yeah it was, it was pretty wild um so we decided to move she was eight months pregnant we moved back into town in camelsville and i guess maybe two or three weeks later after we moved in um do you know what a bottle rack is like where you wash bottles and set them on there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, 
There was one night after my daughter was born that I walked in the kitchen to make like prefixed bottles for, you know, for her in case she woke up. And I was by the refrigerator and the bottle rack flew across, <laughs> flew across the, the, the counter and almost hit me. And I'm like, what in the world is going on here? <laughs> so I ran back and told her what happened and she was kind of, you know, like freaked out. Of course, like, you know, any person would be. And she kind of brushed it off. I didn't. I, I was scared to death. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I was scared to death. Uh, and it wasn't, a, it wasn't very long after that. We had some wind chimes that we hung up in the kitchen. And we were sitting in there in the living room, which is, like, right in front of the kitchen. And they just started chiming, like, unnaturally. I mean, it wasn't like there was a breeze going through the house. It wasn't like, you know, it, I mean, it was like they were sitting outside. It was, it was like, scared us to death. Um, we, after that, decided to, um, you know, like, if anything was going to happen after that, we were going to move. So one night, we, me and one of my friends went to uh, my mom and dad's house and left my daughter and my wife over there. Uh, for the night because they were going to bed and they were like they were sitting on the couch whenever we left and when I got home or whenever I got to my own dad's house uh, got a phone call immediately said that the lights were flickering on and off and doors were opening and shutting so we immediately ran over there and sure enough as soon as we got over there they were I mean it was it was like the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life walked under the door and the lights were going on and off and doors slamming shut so we sent my daughter and my my wife at the time out to the car um i mean my daughter was only a, you know like a few weeks old so um so we get some clothes we'll go stay over at my mom's so me and my friend went up to uh to my daughter's bedroom and it was really creepy just even walking in there i mean it was and, you know lights flickering on and off and we walked in there, and there was a porcelain egg that was on her dresser where you put the first curl or first tooth or whatever in. And I was trying to get clothes for, for my little girl, and it flew in between me and him and hit the wall and shattered and scared the absolute shit out of both of us. So I just reached in our closet, and I grabbed, like, I don't know how many pairs of clothes and just ripped them off the off the hangers and ran outside. And uh, we went back to my mom and dad's. It took me until like 1.30, 2 o'clock, you know, in the afternoon to go back over there because I was scared to death. And we went back over there. My daughter's room was like completely ripped, like ripped to shreds. I mean, it was, it was like, it was horrible. Like a tornado come through there. It was horrible. Um, there were boxes of diapers that had been opened up and ripped apart. And like thrown all over the room, dresser flipped over, lamp went across the room, and immediately I called my mom and dad. I'm like, you have to come see this. So they come over there, and my dad, as soon as he got there, he grabbed me by the shoulder and took me back to my daughter's bedroom and shut the door. And he looked at me and he said, Josh, are you doing this? Are you making this happen? Are you you're, you're like putting on a show? And at the exact same time that he said that, he looked over, and I looked over. And there was a, a baby swing with a Winnie the Pooh doll in it. And it was swinging back and forth. Like, I'm, I'm not talking about like, you know, like barely swinging. I mean, it was like big time swinging. And he looked at me and he said, Josh, I apologize. I'm sorry that I even asked you that. So 
later on that evening, my mom, of course, she's she's a big, she loves her son, blah, 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 you know. <laughs> she had a bunch of friends over to my house to pray, you know. Um, do you know what a prayer warrior is, Jerry? A, did you say a prayer warrior? Yes, sir. Yes. Well, there was a bunch of those that was praying for us, and they said Jesus is at the middle of a round table, which my, my kitchen table was round. And at the time that they had called, I had went to go pick up a friend, and he had a necklace with a crucifix on it, a cross. And we had just made it back to the house, and I opened up the front door and walked in, and he was getting ready walking behind me, and it was ripped off of his neck, hit the ground. It was, I don't know, it was a very emotional moment. Um, but we made it through all that, and... A couple of days later, we had a, a preacher come over and bless the house and bless us, um, anointed us with uh, with oil, you know, the holy oil, above each uh, each doorway and on my head, my wife's head, and daughter's head. And then we walked around my house like the walls of Jericho. You know, seven days, Jericho fell. But... Um, After that, things kind of calmed down, you know, chilled out for two or three years. It was two years. Me and my friend went swimming. After all this right here, my, me and my wife got a divorce. And I was dating somebody else at the time. And me and my friend went swimming out of Green River Lake. And we come back, and I took a nap on the couch. And she come over while I was asleep and couldn't wake me up. Well, she called my grandpa because she couldn't wake me up. And the only thing I remember is laying down to take the nap and then waking up strapped to a stretcher. What I was told afterwards was I woke up and I pretty much attacked my grandpa, in which I'm not I'm not proud of. But he said I was speaking in tongues and I put my my hand on his forehead or he put his hand on my forehead while I was trying to put my hands around his neck and he said a prayer, and he said I hit the ground. And the next thing I knew, I woke up on a stretcher, like strapped to it, all bloody. After I got home that night, I found out that I had broken every mirror in the house, and that's where all the blood come from. And it, it's hard to talk about. It's They took me to a psychiatrist like I had known what I was doing, and they found nothing wrong with me. At all, and well, I mean that, that that was pretty much the last thing that happened. After that happened, two weeks, like two or three weeks after that, I went and I got a a Saint Michael tattoo, <laughs> <laughs> and I actually had it um, I had it done uh, with a picture that's actually really cool, and the, it says Saint Michael the Archangel defend us in battle, and it's done in Latin. So, I mean, not much has happened since then. Um, there was one incident where my sister was in my old room, and it was back whenever we had the old TVs, you know, the great big backs and stuff. And her and her friends were sitting in front of it watching TV. It was ripped off the wall, pretty much. It, 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 it was thrown off with so much force that it, like, broke the cord in half. It wasn't even ripped out of the wall. It, like, broke the cord in half. Oh, wow. Yeah, and... The front door of my parents' house, it's like a real tight squeeze. I mean, you can't, you got to, like, shove it to slam it. My daughter and friends were sitting here one night, and the door was open, and it slammed all the way shut. And she ran in and told my dad, and 
he come in here and he tried for like 45 minutes just to slam the door <laughs> he couldn't do it so i mean i don't know if there's still a little bit of things going on here but I, i'm sure it's not as evil as what was going on with me but yeah i've had a pretty rough experience and in, in my life well buddy i hope it it, it stays away because so, so when's how long has it been since the last occurrence well, I mean, with me, it was back in 2007. It was, was my last actual... That's whenever I was speaking in tongues, <laughs> if that tells you anything. Yeah, that's that's incredible. So, any any thoughts as to what all this... I mean, I know we, we started off with the cemetery situation, but... And I apologize for that once more because that was very disrespectful of me. I, and I was a stupid young teenager. But, I mean, do you think that was just a coincidence, or do you think something has followed you throughout I have, those years of life? I don't know, because that very same night, and I didn't mention this earlier, but the way that, that the roads are here in Camelsville, um, out in the country, they're all, you know, curvy and, and high. You know, you're going up hills, down hills, up hills, down hills. And earlier that night, we had went to a place called crybaby bridge in which you know there's one of those in like every single town yeah, exactly. in america <laughs> you know where you pull the car up you turn it off and you can hear cry or babies crying or whatever but we were heading back up a hill called Muldraw hill and there was something that crossed the road and i'm not shitting you it it had a wingspan that was probably eight or nine feet long because because <laughs> whenever we got to the top of the hill Every person in my car was crying. They were all girls. <laughs> it was it was bad. So we pulled over, and that's before we went to Tev's Bend, which where my experience, where I thought it started. Um, but there's been a lot of experiences out there, too, though. It's not just... I mean, there's a lot of places here in Camelsville that, that that's that's considered haunted, you know. Uh, have you ever heard of Sprunken Tunnel? No. That's a new one on me. Oh, you're going to have to check that out. There is a witch of Sprunkton Tunnel. I cannot believe you ain't heard of this. Um, you know, it's it's amazing, though, when you, when people say that all the time to us. But I think, <laughs> I think, what, I think what it is is, I mean, they're we're, depending on what city you're in or what right. state you're in, some things like, like when you're in the state of Kentucky, obviously, like you are, everybody yes, knows sir. Waverly, everybody knows Bobby Mackey's. Right, Other right, than right. that, it's pretty much you know what's close to you. Right, and, right, and, and right. everything else, because like you said, there's a, like a crybaby bridge almost everywhere, and like yes, even, there is. Even you mentioned Muldrow Hill. I mean, south of Louisville, going towards Radcliffe, Fort Knox area, there's a Muldrow Hill, right. hill there too. So it's just like, is it really? Yeah, yeah. Right, out, <laughs> right outside of Fort Knox. That don't surprise me. So, but yeah, so that's that's what it is though. Is these things are you grow up if you're from the area, you grow up hearing these things all the time, but. You get outside of a fifty-mile radius, most people probably haven't heard of it. Well, the thing with the uh, with Sprunken Tunnel, though, um, the guy that owned that, the guy and his wife that owned that, um, they bought that land from my great grandfather. And uh, there's there's like there's records of the actual the well, I guess you would call witch Nancy Bass. Um, she's in the the whatever you call it. <laughs> Uh, the census or whatever. Um, But I mean, there's all kinds of stories about her. She uh, supposedly once turned a guy into a donkey and rode him to to a dance. (laughs) There's all kinds of crazy stuff. It's, it's, it's really cool stuff. And 
Um, I had some friends that went to Council University after high school and actually did a documentary on it. There's a three-part series on YouTube, and it's it, it's it's really awesome. It's it's really cool. It, it, it explains a lot and actually has the guy that that bought the land from my grandpa on it doing like an interview. It's really cool, really cool. You gotta check it out. I probably will do. That. I mean, I'm into anything local, so I mean, I, I love all these local stories, and that's that's something we're gonna start getting a little more into as we get into. Uh, I like that. I really like yeah, that. The end of this year and next year. The problem is obviously you get into some of these these stories, and there's just not a whole lot to tell. I mean, it's literally right. a five minute story. Right. So that's that. Those are the types of stories that we're gonna be looking at for uh, like the. The Patreon stories and stuff because I think we did one for Patreon last night that was a uh, New Hampshire story and we right. immediately had somebody write us on Patreon and say hey I'm from New New Hampshire this is exciting so that's that'll be fun to start mixing some little small local uh, stories that usually don't make any kind of these podcasts or YouTube videos and just try to get them out there right right well, Josh, well, that's awesome I greatly uh, I, I love y'all show well, that's, we, we appreciate that we uh, I, I mean I look forward to that every single Sunday every single Sunday Monday morning I wake up that's what I listen to on the way to work my first two breaks that's what it is it's yeah. it's hilarious horror stories. Well, we thank you so much, and and I know you've you've written us a, a few times over the past four or five months, and and uh, it's taken a while to be able to get you on, but uh, I guess better late than never. And finally got everybody scheduled to work out. But I, I'm glad you took the time. You know, I know you were extremely nervous about telling the story, and you said you don't. Well, if you couldn't you... tell whenever I was telling it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I know you said you hadn't told very many people, so we're kind of honored that you chose us to to actually have this as like a little. Uh, coming out party and i'm sure the listeners enjoyed hearing it well i appreciate that jerry so well thank you so much for being a listener and and a, and a, a patreon supporter as well and well, uh, thank you for letting me tell 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 everybody in your family hi and that uh we we're thankful that you they allowed you to share the story with us all right thank you so much jerry and see how cool of a story was that it was a very good story josh thank you for sharing that with us honey yeah, and you didn't come across too nervous. I mean, it, I didn't think you could really tell at all. And it, I know you were nervous, but it didn't come across that way. No, not at all. Now, with that being said, uh, a couple of quick things I want to end the show with. First of all, thank you guys for all the kind words that you give us every week. Yeah, we do appreciate it, especially me. Yeah, we get, um, like I said, we occasionally get somebody say something very mean and hateful. And I know, hey, we put ourselves out there. If we agree to do something publicly like we do, you got to take the good with the bad. Yeah. And we're prepared to do that. But me as a husband, I get frustrated if somebody picks on uh, the woman that I love more than anything in this world. And if I get frustrated with that, people are just going to have to deal with that. Because if you make insults that have to do with somebody's voice, or their um, smarts, intelligence, any of that stuff. That's just uncalled for. If you don't like the show, write a review by all means and say, hey, I just don't like the show. You know, we we had one uh, a while back that I thought it was kind of off a little bit, but it said that, believe it or not, that we don't do very much research on the show, that they just, they're just, it wasn't very deep, where I feel like that, you know, hey, we do a lot of research, but we didn't bring it up because everybody's got a right to their opinion and that's that's a valid opinion on the show if you don't like the research we do hey bring it up if you don't like the fact we had somebody else 
um, that on one of the rock and roll shows that he didn't think the points we brought up on some of the uh, religious parts of the stairway to heaven, he didn't think they were valid points from a Christian standpoint. That's, that's what you, that's the kind of negatives you should relieve or, you know, leaving reviews, but to make comments about people's voices or their, um, lack of intelligence in your opinion or the, the fact that they're nasally, I just think that's, that's uncalled for. That's more of an attack. And uh, I get frustrated, so I kind of lashed out a little bit on Twitter. Most of you seen it. We have no intentions on not doing this show. I was just extremely frustrated, as any of you would be if the person that you love was attacked verbally. So I love you, honey. And I love you too, baby. Uh, 